My name is Roland Ramos, producer for Artifications. I'm an arts curator, musician, and organizer based out of Brooklyn, New York. Artifications is a series of documentaries and podcasts designed to make the international art world more accessible. So, if you love to travel, we do the heavy lifting of finding the best the city has to offer by way of culture. If you're an artist, we ask the questions any visiting artist would want to ask before considering a show there. Artists are dreamers, and here at Artifications, we dream big. So visit us at artifications.us to check out our bank of mini documentaries, podcasts, and our growing list of hyper-localized artist resource pages. Today, we're releasing an interview with Tanner of Tanner Gallery and Studio on Royal Street in New Orleans. If you're not familiar with the New Orleans art scene, I highly recommend you go to artifications.us and check out the documentary itself. In 2018-19, we went down a few times in order to capture all the dimensions of the real New Orleans art scene. There are so many little neighborhoods that have their own little art scenes going on. Frenchman, this warehouse district, you know, the French Quarter itself, where Tanner's space is located. Please check the show notes and go check out the documentary itself or go to artifications.us. And one other thing before we go into the interview is a quick Kickstarter update. Newsflash, it is live. That means that we're raising $1,500 for uh, a great editor a fantastic editor, to edit three upcoming documentaries. The first is on a cross-country trip through the United States, where we interview gallery owners from Minneapolis, St. Louis, Salt Lake City, Seattle, Kansas City, and Chicago. Our second uh, documentary explores the art scene of Dumbo, that's the district under Manhattan Bridge overpass. The third documentary explores the art scene of Zagreb, Croatia. It is the capital city, it is in a city that's full of fog and mystery, but it also has some really surprising elements. We actually managed to secure interviews with numerous institutional organizers and artists, uh, starting with the director of the Zagreb Museum of Contemporary Art, the director of the Institute of Contemporary Art as well, as a public gallery that shows weekly rotations of exhibitions when it's in season, as well as uh, art history that works with photography and also a state-sanctioned or state-run exhibition space. What we do is we take all those interviews plus a deep look at the history on how Zagreb came to be what it is and produce a piece that really discusses how this came to be and the opportunities present for artists who would like to participate in said art scene. You can find links to the Kickstarter in our show notes. I want to thank everyone for listening. I remember being back in Hudson County. I want to thank everybody who's listening right now. When I was back in Hudson County putting together art festivals and uh, exhibitions, I remember that the whole point behind it was to empower others. Tanner's story is a source of empowerment as well. And I hope that you listen to it and derive some insight that I think is actually valuable for some artists who are looking to open up their own gallery someday. With that, let's enjoy this time with Tanner. We are here with Tanner from Tanner Gallery on Royale Street in New Orleans. Tanner, how are you today? I'm great. Yeah. Um, now you're in New Orleans, and how long have you had your space there in New Orleans? So uh, 
almost exactly to the date uh, oh. 11. 11? Yeah. Okay, yeah. and so that's 11 years in the sweltering heat of New Orleans. Uh, what's it like being a painter there? Now, I know that you started outdoors, and then you worked your way into air conditioning. Uh, yeah. So you landed in New Orleans, uh, I don't know how many years ago, and then you said, you know what, I- I'm going to stay. And could you tell us a little bit about uh, the-, the tanner that came to New Orleans and decided to stay, please? Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I grew up in Alabama, um, and uh, you know, it's only a couple hours away from New Orleans where I lived, and so... You know, when I was, you know, a teenager, we used to come here and like, you know, just to get away. And it's so different from Alabama. I would, yeah. And uh, and plus, I grew up in a really like fundamentalist home and everything. And you know, we just did this kind of stuff. You know, we, we weren't exposed to any culture really, and where I grew up. Now that you say Alabama, I can see the, I can see a little bit more of it reflected in your art. Uh, and I highly mm-hmm. recommend everybody check out uh, Tanner's art, uh, Tanner Gallery in New Orleans. But please continue on your uh, Alabama. Uh, yeah. So um, I don't know. Even even back then, I I used to walk through Jackson Square and see the street artists. And I was like, man, this has just happened to me. But it was it just seemed like worlds away, like something that I would never be able to do. Um, How old were you around this time? Maybe 20. Okay, so 20-year-old walking around New Orleans. Were you an artist at this time? You know, I've <laughs> pretty much always, I guess, been an artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in school, like, I don't know how I graduated high school, honestly, because instead of doing my homework like other kids, I was in my room drawing till 3 in the morning. Ah, the quintessential uh, artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted nothing to do really and so you're 20 years old you get to new orleans and you see these uh these outdoor artists and and what were you thinking like i said it was just kind of like a dream like i would i would just imagine what what it was like to be there and uh and then when i finally moved here i was like it was pretty easy to get out there and it's like oh wow this is my dream it wasn't quite what i had imagined but what does what does out there mean for you at the time well, when I grew up, like, like my parents, uh, they never would really give me any, any feedback on my art because they didn't want to encourage it. Uh, I hear um, that, yeah. They had my best intentions in mm-hmm. mind. Um, you know, I remember my dad telling me the only the artist, the only artist that makes uh, a living, or not a living, but the only artist that makes any money are dead artists. And uh, so anytime I'd bring up art, they would just like, no. Nah. <laughs> So it happens. I would be, I'd be in my room all night drawing on like my poster boards and stuff. And the next morning I would, I would like really excited, bring it to breakfast. I'm like, what do you think? What do you think? And they always said the same thing. That's all right. (laughs) I never got any feedback, uh, positive or negative. I know. Uh, Just, just to maintain, I can, I can feel you on that. And I'm sure a lot of artists had that same experience. And so being out there with total strangers walking behind you, uh, sometimes I would go sit on the sidewalk so they couldn't tell that it was me. And I would hear people like, you know, making comments and even the negative comments I loved. Like, okay, that that helps me. That kind of guides me. So uh, can we can we talk to that for a little bit? 
Yeah. Now, I remember uh, one of the other artists that I spoke with who, uh, I spoke with a number of them who were, you know, out in, in Jackson doing their paint. And yeah. one thing that I heard from a couple different artists was this idea of niche. Niche mm -hmm. being, uh, you know, phase one of Tanner's art didn't capture the audience, but I listened and then I pivoted and I started this other niche. Uh, and then, you know, it went up. And how many of these uh, niches did you go through, these these different iterations of Tanner art, until you came about the one that was like, yes? Well, that was my big problem. So for the first year, I, I, I always compare myself to a schizophrenic as far as my art goes. It's like... Mm -hmm. I, you know, I hung at one point, you know, I went out there, I had a, I had a psychedelic portrait of Charles Manson. I remember, and next to that, I'm not, I'm not kidding. Literally I did. And then next to that, I'd have a still life of an eggplant and a pea. And, uh, you know, next to that would be a landscape or a portrait. And it's like, uh, you know, from a business stand, I mean, that's, that's great. But from a business standpoint, um, it's very strange, the psychology behind it, but the public, they really like, they like some kind of theme or a, a, a niche, like you're saying. And um, um, so, yeah, it took me a while. I was just like, okay, what's the one thing that I never get tired of painting? And it was trees. So I didn't really want to limit myself, but I'm like, if I have to limit myself to make a living at this, that's what I want to paint. I can see and, that. Uh, yeah. yeah, this is a, a sedateness with trees, and yeah. uh, you know, and and that niche that you discovered. Uh, tell me how it came about, and it must have been a whirlwind of a transition for you to go from a street artist to an actual uh, a, a, a painter with your name above the gallery. So the first year, I painted my you know my schizo paintings, <laughs> and uh, you know I sold them, but uh, you know. It wasn't like getting rich off of it or anything, that's for sure. And then uh, after a year of that, this uh, this man comes up to me and he asked for the nearest tattoo shop. Mm -hmm. And I told him where it was and he kind of joked and he's like, hey, you got your paints here. Why don't you paint me a tattoo so I can see what it looks like? And I'm like, hmm, okay. Now this is, you know, this was uh, in the like 90 it was in the 90s basically i don't remember what year so you know temporary tattoos really you know you got you got to stick on the cracker jacks box but you know more sophisticated temporary tattoos were unheard of so i just did my research and i kind of i bought a tattoo paint and i also uh, i bought a tattoo paint and i also developed my own and um I started doing temporary tattoos out there mm -hmm. and I made it, you know, I did well, you know, um, I did that for 10 years. What? Temporary years. tattoos for 10 years? No paintings. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Because surge after that first year and, uh, you know, um, a lot of, uh, a lot of really, you know, life hits you with a lot of negative things at once sometimes. Oh, God, like, yes. So um, the end of a long-term relationship for me, uh, I was really upset about that. Uh, my mom was sick. Uh, she passed away. My dad died. It's just a lot of things all at once. Yes. And um, I had actually went to L.A. and I was staying in L.A. when my mom got ill. 
So I had to come back here and uh, just so many things happen. Uh, it's, I, I can't even remember that period of my life mostly, just, I'm just, just numb. So you had, to, you had to build back in a way. Yeah, I had no money. Um, and I was doing temporary tattoos on Venice Beach in, in LA. Oh, okay. Um, I left all of my stuff there. And I'm here in New Orleans again. And like, I'm literally just, I'm basically kind of homeless, mm-hmm. but on the street, I'm like couch surfing between friends and my ex even. And it's really uncomfortable. Of course. Uh, embarrassing. Um, I managed to get this little, you know, this little house, terrible <laughs> little crack house looking place, but it was cheap uh-huh. and had no furniture or anything. And, uh, yeah, I'll never forget my, uh, some, my ex had taken me to dinner and, uh, dropped me off there. And, uh, and I was in this place, I, I was literally crying in this empty house with absolutely nothing there just the clothes on my back and my mom had just died. Mm-hmm. I was just so depressed. And uh, my friends uh, encouraged me to like, hey, why don't you start painting on canvas again? It might be good for you. I'm like, yeah. Therapy. yeah. And uh, I, I've thought about that. I thought about it for years. I just, ne- I hadn't painted in 10 years. 10 and years so, by that time. Jeez. Yeah. And not touched a paintbrush except to paint on people's skin. <laughs> and, and so um, yeah, I got some supplies together and I started painting those. And, uh, I think I had, I think I had three paintings of my trees. Uh, I was just super depressed and that's kind of what came out of me. And, um, I hung those on the fence in Jackson square and they sold pretty quickly. How's quick is quickly. A couple yeah. days, uh, a while, so I don't remember. Probably like a week or two. Okay, yeah, but that that gives us an idea of what quick means to not quick. Yeah, um, but you know, still, they were, were originals, so um, so it's like you know, wow, maybe maybe this is something I should do, and so I just kept painting and kept painting, and I'd hang them on the fence, and they and uh, and so I'm like, well. Well, man, it's like, you know, forget tat- tattoos. And so uh, this place well, was, this was the please. niche. You found your niche. Yeah. So I stopped the tattoos. I was getting kind of tired of it anyway, because, you know, it was, it was fun. But it was kind of exhausting because you never, I mean, I hand drew all the tattoos. There was no stickers or stencils. So you never knew what they were going to ask for. So each time you're doing a tattoo, you're creating a whole, I know, it was just kind of mentally exhausting. Well, Tanner, if I, if I can, I, I hear that there's this shift. It, it seems like it's all coming up to this shift where you, 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 you used art as a therapy to find your center. You, you got yourself recentered and you committed to a path of creation. Um, you, how many years removed are we from that time now? So, like I said, I opened the gallery 11 years ago, and I came straight from Jackson Square. But I wasn't in Jackson Square that long because it takes me an average of around three months to to create one of my tree paintings, one of the silhouettes, um, because I use really tiny uh, these really tiny brushes, uh, like three hairs in these brushes. So it just takes me a very long time. 
And so even though they were popular, I couldn't really sell just originals because I had to get a fairly high price for the originals or otherwise I'd be, I'd be working for $2 an hour. Mm-hmm. You know? So I had to price the originals fairly high to get my, my, to pay myself a decent wage. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to start reproducing these. And so I did limited reproductions, uh, like paper prints and yes. clay. You know, it's still my work. They were, they were images of my original paintings. And that really took off because I was able to sell the originals and the reproductions, you know, for much cheaper. It works. It works for some artists. It doesn't work for, for every artist, but it worked for you. Yeah. Um, and so the other artists out there got, they always, they were always upset with me. So they got upset when I did the temporary tattoos. Uh, they kept trying to shut me down from that. Even though all the other artists, they face painted during football games, Halloween, you know, uh, all, all this. What does that like, tell us? What does that tell us that? I'm just doing it full time. Yeah. What does but, that tell us about, about people? They, they missed a chance to encourage somebody is what happened. Yeah. And that's, that's where I got disillusioned with what I imagined it would be like as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't a big, happy family that I had imagined. <laughs> You've created your own family in the interim, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I made some great friends out there, but in general, it was a very, you know, vindictive, you know, jealous. It happens. They try to shut me down from even doing my paintings because, oh, you're selling prints. I'm like, so there's a, there's a, the law is written very vaguely. Your art has to be on a plain surface. Very interesting. These are, these are, these are Jackson Square rules or these are mm-hmm. correct. Okay. So. I had to keep an attorney the whole time I was out there. The uh, he was, you know, and 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 luckily he was kind enough. Like he never charged me anything. This guy was my savior. Um, but he had to charge me on this last one. But so they tried to get rid of me, and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm done with this. So me and a couple of other artists, we uh, we filed a lawsuit against the city uh, that we need to be able to sell our art out there. Well, we ended up losing the lawsuit. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, well, I can't, I can't just, I can't sell my paintings for 50 bucks if I've worked on it for three months. So I started looking for a place. I had really no money. I had no savings or anything. Um, and I found, you know, the space I'm in now, it was half the size because the gallery I'm in now, it's, uh, it's basically two different um, units, but there's a door that connects. Yes, one is your studio, and the other one is your main exhibition space. But at that time, it was just the gallery space. So I rented that. It took everything that I had, and uh, I don't think I slept for a month. <laughs> so It's it a space. beautiful, beautiful space, what you've done with it. And, thanks. you know, all thanks to Loretta, honestly, for just <laughs> being the cutest dog <laughs> How long were you closed before you restarted? Uh, they they shut the city down, non-essential businesses. I think it was, man, I'm bad with time frames. I think it was from March to June, maybe. Sounds about right. I think. Yeah, June, July. Uh, that's when things were reopening at the 10th yeah. of July. Yeah. And uh, so I was just painting at home and, um, you know, advertising what I was painting on social media and uh, email blast and they were selling, you know, they 
right away. All the originals sold right away, so I was very fortunate there. I've heard uh, that, that sales have been happening regardless of the closing down of, of physical locations. Have, where, yeah. where did you find more success on what platform? You mean as far as in person or online? Or? I meant like online outlets. A lot of people scream that Instagram is like the place. What's been your experience? Well, I don't know. Uh, well, my personal experience, uh, I actually handle Instagram myself, like for people that kind of want to like, a lot of people want to kind of get to know the artist kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I, just kinda, I take a lot, a lot of daily photos on Instagram. And then I also post, I also post artwork. But um, we don't sell a lot on Instagram. We sell much more on Facebook. Very um, interesting. But we sell even more just during with email blasts, the direct email blast. Um, and, but most of our sales are just you know people coming in off the street. So that's most the vast majority of our sales. And now you're still on Royal Street. Uh, is how's New Orleans right now? Is it busy as ever? Is it uh, taking a cat nap? Oh no, it's it's uh, it, there's still a lot of people out now. There's a lot of people out. I mean, it was just. Obviously, it was a ghost town during the lockdowns, um, and it was it was pretty depressing. Uh, my gallery director Lindsay, like, you know, we came back in June, and you know, it was, you know, I mean, she'll tell you this too. I and mean, it was kind of hard to keep your morale up because we were trying to go back to regular business, and there was no one out in the streets. But we, you know, we would just crank the music up and. And luckily, we like the same kind of music, so we, we just crank the music up and, you know, dance around and just kind of make the day pass as fast as we could and, and prepare for, you know, when things got back to normal. You seem uh, like a person who loves life, and I, I really appreciate that about you, and, and it comes through in, your, in, in every part of your personality. I do, and I, 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 lot, I like being around positive people, so... Um, and Lindsay's been with me for over a year, well, a year and a half now, um, and she's super positive, um, you know. And so uh, it makes me really look forward to coming to work. Um, there's really not many places I'd rather be besides, you know, coming to work. So, well, you know. I just want to say, you going to work every day reminds me how much I want to go down to where you work and see the beauty that you have on your walls. And I just want to thank you so much, Tanner, for taking a couple of minutes and speaking with us. Yeah, it's good talking to you. Cool. If anybody gets a chance, please uh, go down to Royal Street, give Tanner a visit. Yeah, and our uh, our website is uh, TannerGallery.com. Instagram is uh, Tanner Gallery, I believe, and same on Facebook. Once again, thank you to our guest Tanner and Tanner Gallery, and a big shout out to Loretta, the cutest dog in New Orleans. This has been Artifications, where we make the art world just a little smaller. Recorded in Brooklyn, New York, music by Roland Ramos and James Rasmussen. Follow us on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube and Patreon. You can find links to everything in our show notes. Thank you for spending some time and keep creating.